بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما وسلموا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد So we're going through the book of Imam Al-Qurtubi rahmatullah alayhi uh, For those of you who, who are here for the first time and the name of this book is At-Tazkirah, the reminder fi ahwal al-mawta wa umur al-akhirah regarding the condition of the dead and the affairs of the hereafter. What is going to happen in the hereafter? What stages will we go through? And we've been discussing that the purpose of this is first of all for us to learn what is going to happen. And secondly, so that we can envision, we can visualize whilst being in this world, visualize the scenes of the hereafter. This will prove to be extremely reformative. It's probably the most reformative thing you can do for your benefit, uh, spiritual upliftment. There's nothing more reformative than this. Imagining, for example, when we started off by saying, imagining that the angel of death has come to take your soul. Imagining you are the one who's been taken away. Your family members have surrounded you, you're lying there. You imagine you think of your parents or your siblings or friends standing around, what kind of things are they saying? And your soul is being taken out, your soul doesn't want to come out. Okay, what's going to be your last action? Imagine dying in a good condition, imagine dying in a bad condition. How would it be? And then the soul goes up to the heavens if it's a good one. So putting yourself in the picture, imagine this is happening to me. And so far we've got to the day of judgment. And one of the names of the day of judgment is the day of announcements so every single person is going to be called out like so this is to visualize that imagine your name in front of everybody you are called out when your name is called out on the day of judgment there will be no confusion no one will get mixed up you will know that this call is for me this is my booking this is my appointment and then you will go and stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will speak to you Either it's going to be in the presence of everybody. So again, this is one visualization we can do. Imagine being summoned in the presence of every single person. People you know, people you don't know. And then your life is on playback. Just that in itself, if you were to think deeply about that, that would change us. It would bring about so much reform, just thinking about that, because we don't want to go through that. And there are ways we can ensure that our life isn't played back to the rest of the humanity. And one of the things is to make Tawbah and repentance and it's still far. Uh, this question comes up quite a bit. If we've made Tawbah, will those parts be played back as well? And the answer is no, it won't. If you make Tawbah and ask Allah to forgive you, then Allah makes the angels forget. It'll be rubbed out and erased from your book of deeds as well. The places and the areas where you committed sins, Allah will wipe it away from there as well. So you'll turn up on the day of judgment as if you haven't committed that sin. And this is how kind and merciful Allah is. He's At-Tawwab. One of his beautiful names is At-Tawwab. The one who always accepts repentance. He loves to accept repentance. So you turn to him, he'll turn to you. This is how it works. The hadith says, the one who makes tawbah from a sin, it's as if you didn't even do it. 
And Allah is waiting. Allah is waiting. These 10 days are the 10 days of maghfir and forgiveness. Um, on uh, Wednesday, we also spoke about how the Prophet wasallam in each gathering, Sahaba would count 70 to 100 times where he would say, Astaghfirullah, It was something that was repetitive and they would count in each gathering, not in each day. We don't even do a hundred in a day, right? He's doing it in each gathering and it wasn't like burdensome. It wasn't taxing on him. It wasn't, he wouldn't make a point of like taking out a big fat tasbih and, you know, sitting there and, you know, doing wudu and seeing facing the people and just doing it with full concentration. No, it was as things went along, a gathering just there and it's just, it just became something that was flowing on the tongue. Wherever he was, it, it was coupled with his normal interactions. Um, Sahaba talking in the silent, quiet moments. Maybe he just after a few times here and there. And it, 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 they, they would add it all up and they say, say almost 70 to 100 times in each gathering. And the benefit of that is that by the end of the gathering, you, your sins would be forgiven. Any small lapses that you've done, they would be forgiven as well. So where have you reached so far? We've reached on the Day of Judgment, we spoke about Arth, the presentation, and then we spoke about the giving of the Book of Deeds. Some people will be given their Book of Deeds in their right hand, others in their left hand. And we spoke about how once you've received your Book of Deeds in your right hand, after that will be the time where you go and get your deeds weighed. And this will be a scary moment. That one of the most scariest moments we said will be on the Day of Judgment if you bump into someone you knew from this world. Why? Because, because they might have something, you might owe them something, something you said or something you did to them in the world, and they might ask you for payback on that day. And thus we hear that people will be giving their book of deeds in the right hand, about to think that they're going to Jannah, going to get it weighed, someone will tap on the shoulder and say, hang on a second, you said this to me in the world, and you'll have to give some good deeds away. And they think, okay, that's it, that's done now. And then somebody else will pull your neck and say, you backbited me. And you'll have to give some good deeds away. And then somebody will pull your shirt and say, hang on, you abused me. You took my right, you violated my, you know, my dignity. What not? This will keep happening until, Allah forbid, a person will have no good deeds remaining. Then this individual will have to carry the sins of the other people. And the line is still there. Hadith mentions, there'll be still people lining up. And this is because we didn't learn how to treat people in the world. So this is something that we need to be conscious of as well. Now we don't, we don't discuss these things to demotivate ourselves or to lose hope, no. Rather this is to motivate ourselves to become better individuals, to be more mindful and to do the right thing, as opposed to just going along with things and, and, and doing things that we've always done. So as we come to the scales, uh, we're going to speak about today, first of all, inshallah. What is going to be weighty in the scale? Because we, we've spoken about what's not heavy in the scale. And we're going to speak about what is weighty in the scale as well. And then we'll continue from here, inshallah. So what's going to make the scales heavy are actions. And we know, according to the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there's going to be this massive scale. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we know it's going to have two sides. And one side is going to be made of noor; the other side will be full of darkness. And there's a difference of opinion in terms of what will be weighed. 
Some scholars are of the opinion that your book of deeds will be weighed. So the book that's being written now, currently now, you know, we've got angels on each side and they're writing, you're, you're, writing, your, you're writing your own story. Everyone's writing their own story. You are your author for your own story. It's being written now as we speak. Currently now, Tiraman is an angel on the right, Platibin on the left. And this one's the boss. The one on the right is the boss. He's a captain. So when you do anything good, immediately he writes it down. The one on the left is under this one's control. So if you make a mistake, do something wrong, he's not allowed to write it straight away. He has to ask permission from the boss. And what does the boss say? This is true. It's in the hadith. The boss says, wait. Allah has told the boss to tell Katibi, if anybody does any mistake, commits a sin, he has to wait for six hours. Wait for six hours. In that period, in six hours, if you make tawbah, you ask Allah to forgive you, you repent, you cry, that sin won't even make it to your book of deeds. It won't even be written in there. If after six hours you don't make tawbah, then it's written down as one sin. Whereas with good deeds, if you do one good deed, minimum you get ten. Minimum you get ten, up to seven hundred. And in Ramadan it gets multiplied even more. So, this is what happens. Now, so according to some of the hadith and some of the scholars, it seems that your book of deeds will be weighed. That you're going to go and you're going to put your book of deeds in the scale. And then if the good deeds are heavy, the right side will go down. If the bad deeds are heavy, the left will go down. Other narrations show that it's not the book of deeds that will be weighed. It'll be the actions that will be weighed. The actions. Your salah, your fasting, your taqwa, your halal, your haram. These are the things that will be weighed. And according to other hadith, it's the actual person, sahibul amal, that will be weighed. You will be weighed. So you go in, and you know what? Back at the time of the Sahaba, maybe they would have thought, how was that bad? But now, we can weigh almost anything, can't you? You can, you can weigh, and you can measure all sorts of things, the new technology now. If humans can do this, can't Allah do this? Very easily, without any difficulty. So a person will be made, and the, how do we know this? Because in the hadith it says, that on the day of judgment, a big fat man is going to be bought. Samin, Rajul and Samin. He's going to be really, really hefty, big man. And he's going to be placed in the scale. And he won't even weigh the wind of a mosquito. That, he won't even weigh a wind of a mosquito. Which is trying to show us that it's not about how much you weigh, it's going to be your deeds. So despite him having apparent physical weight, because he doesn't have any spiritual weight, there'll be no There'll be no weight for these individuals on the Day of Judgment. And there are many ahadith which tell us differently as well. Now, there are some actions that will be extremely weighty. I'm going to mention three things. These three things are going to be extremely weighty. Number one, what is it? You guys tell me. What brings weight and good deeds? Sincerity. Ikhlas. This is, this is the most powerful thing that you can bring into your life. And like, like when you're doing something, we can intend, we can make this intention. I'm doing this for my scales on the day of judgment. Like I'm doing this only for that, not for anything else. 
Because if we do it for other reasons, then we're not going to have weight. This Fala Nukimu Lahu Yamu Qiyamati was now what comes before that? This talks exactly about this. If you've read Surah Al Tahaf today, it'll be fresh. After that? I think we've come to the end. It's, it's before that. Uh, I, I can't recall the exact verses, but uh, it's, it's people who will not, who don't, uh, who, who think they're doing something good. What comes before that? That people are, there will be people in the world who will make an effort, who will pray, who will worship, but it won't be accepted. And they think they're doing something very good. On the day of judgment, you could do a big, massive deed, but there'll be no weight. You won't have any weight in the scale. So to bring weight in our deeds, what do we need? Ikhlas. So one of the things, we're talking about the scales, and we want our scale to be heavy. Quran says, whoever's scale of good deeds will be heavy, they will go in the everlasting paradise to rejoice. Now to make sure that our scale is heavy, we need sincerity in everything we do. And for this we have to question, keep questioning. I have to keep asking myself, I have to ask myself now, why am I speaking now? Why am I delivering this lecture? What, what's the purpose of it? Why am I doing it? Why am I saying what I'm saying? Why am I attending here? Why am I praying? Who am I praying for? We have to keep questioning ourselves. If we don't question ourselves, we're just going to be doing it for, we don't know, it could be for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes we don't even make an intention. And sometimes we're just doing it because everyone's doing it. Or you don't want to look bad. Okay, I don't want to look the odd one out, so that's why I'm doing it. So, correct the intention and keep rectifying. The more sincerity we have, the more weight will we have. So on the day of judgment, it's not going to be about the quantity. It's going to be about the quality. And the quality of the deeds will come through ikhlas. No, but we don't need to do loads and loads. Allah's not demanding us to do loads and loads and loads. People can do so much, but if there's no ikhlas, and he won't weigh anything. Yet someone can do something really small, and in the eyes of Allah, it could weigh so much in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it was done sincerely for him. So the first thing that's going to cause a lot of weight on the day of judgment in the scales is number one, sincerity and ikhlas. May Allah grant it to us. This is something that we can never stop seeking. And it comes after a long time. And one of the tricks of shaitan one of the tricks of shaitan is to put you off good deeds because you think you might not be sincere. This is one of shaitan's tricks. That you are doing something and you think, you know what? People might think, or I might end up doing it to please other people, so I'm not going to do it. Just like doing something for the sake, just like doing something for people, or not doing something for the sake of Allah is showing off, leaving it, for other people 
is also showing off as well. So this is Shaitan's trick. He tells you, oh, don't, because people are going to say, or people, no, forget what people are going to say. It's not about you and people anyway. It's about you and Allah. And if the intention becomes corrupt, that's fine. That's okay. You're human being. You just rectify it. That's why we have to keep checking. Keep checking. Of course, you're going to move off track. That's normal. We're human beings. We're not angels. We've been created to make mistakes. We're going to make lots of mistakes. And you make a mistake, that's good. Because now it's an opportunity for you to fix yourself and come back. You make a mistake again, you fix yourself and you come back. And that's our nature, that's how we are. But if we don't check ourselves, if we don't question, then that becomes problematic. So number one, sincerity. Number two, there's a hadith of the Prophet that says, أَثْقَلُ شَيْءٍ فِي الْمِيزَانِ يَوْمَ the heaviest thing on the day of judgment in the scales will be good character. Nothing more heavier than this. Good character. Having good akhlaq. Good character. Again, we need to, there's so much for us to learn in this area as well. So we're, we're so behind. There's so much for us to learn in terms of good character. And the Prophet was sent into this world to complete and to perfect good character. That is something that shone. If you look at the Prophet's life, everything was amazing. But the one thing that really stood out was his good character, his akhlaq. And we have so many examples of the Prophet, how courteous he was, how considerate he was, how nice he was, how polite he was, how gentle he was, how compassionate he was, how loving he was, how caring he was. And these are things that we need to bring into our lives as well. It's easy to be polite and courteous with other people. Where the real test comes is with your own family members. Because you live with them all the time. And the Prophet The best of you are those who are best to their families. And I am the best towards my family. Outside we say please and thank you and we smile with everybody and we're kind and courteous and everything. But at home is the real test over the people closest to you. Akhlaq is for everybody. Akhlaq is for everybody. So that is, we've been told categorically in the hadith, the heaviest thing in the scales on the day of judgment is good character. The believers with the most perfect faith are those with the most perfect character. May Allah make us from people of good character. Again, this is something to learn. You can't just, yeah, mashallah, some people are naturally gifted where they naturally have uh, a very kind heart. They're very sharing and caring and very considerate. But for the rest of us, you, we can't just think, oh, this is just the way I am. No, we have, to, we have to learn. It's something we have to work on every single day. And I always think, I read a scholar, he said, he wrote somewhere, and I found it quite profound, that when you show good character to other people, that might not be you naturally, but you're doing it. And that's a way, that's, that's a means of worshipping Allah. The Prophet ﷺ worshipped Allah through his good character, just as he worshipped Allah through his tahajjud. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like praying tahajjud is a worship of Allah. If I see this brother, uh, I forgot your Waqar. If I see brother Waqar, for example, I, I don't want to make salam to him, right? I don't know him. But I know that if he's a Muslim, I should make salam to him. But inside me, I don't want to. It's, I'm going out of my comfort zone. I'm busy doing what I'm doing. I don't really know him. So I feel a bit awkward. Um, and maybe he's coming to the masjid for the first time and just to make him feel welcome or whatever it is. You see somebody going out of here, just, just smiling at somebody, right? 
I don't want to do it. But here, it's not even about him. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. If you don't want to do it for the opposite person, do it for yourself. Because it's an act of ibadah. Just like doing dhikr, for example, reading Quran, making tawaf around the Kaaba, we recognize these actions as ibadah. Smiling to somebody, giving space to somebody, being considerate and kind and salam to somebody, this is also a huge act of ibadah. So the Prophet taught us how to worship Allah through good character, just as he taught us to worship Allah through tahajjud and other actions as well. So, husnul khuluq is a big thing. Do you know how huge this is? We're speaking about um, good deeds and weighing and stuff, so I think it's quite relevant. If this hadith is in Bukhari, it's, quite, it's very scary actually. The Prophet was with his Sahaba, and the Sahaba mentioned the woman. And they said, we know about this woman. She prays loads of salah. So not, this, not, we're not talking about the obligatory, not the fara'id. This is optional. MashaAllah, some people, they, they just go for it. They're always engaged, MashaAllah. May Allah make us from amongst them as well. So this woman, she was doing a lot of nafal salah. She does a lot of dhikr, a lot of Quran, a lot of sadaqah. It's good, right? Really known as a very pious person. But the Sahaba said, there's just one thing we need to tell you about. We were a bit confused. She does all of these good things. But she causes trouble to her neighbor. The neighbors don't like her. She causes trouble to them. Do you know what the Prophet said? And this is heavy. And it's scary. He said, La khayra fiha. La khayra fiha. There's no good in this woman. She's going to go to the hellfire. She prays. She recites, she gives charity, she does so much, but she's lacking where? In her character. She gives trouble to her neighbor. The Prophet, he, he just, he, the Prophet normally you found him very compassionate, very merciful, very kind. He wouldn't give out blanket statements like this. But when it came to good character, he said, there's no good in this woman. What, what good can you see in this woman? Her praying? What, What's going to happen? We just heard. If you've done loads of praying on the day of judgment, you're going to, all your good deeds are going to come like a mountain. And when you're going to get it weight, what's going to happen? The neighbor's going to be standing there saying, you need to give him a right. Are these good deeds going to be of any value? So this is why the scholars say to safeguard your good deeds. Do the good deeds. Of course, we have to do the good deeds. We need them. But we need to look after them. How do we look after them? We look after them and safeguard them through our good character. Because if we don't have good character, what we've done will go away as well. We'll lose it all. Like we find uh, regarding backbiting, which is so common. So, so common. In regards to backbiting, don't we find uh, the, the incident about one scholar, uh, he heard somebody telling him that, um, you know, I've heard you've been backbiting me. Somebody came up to him and said, I've heard you've been backbiting me. He said, no, I would never do that. He goes, no, I've heard you've been backbiting. He goes, look, if I wanted to backbite anyone, I'd backbite my own mother. Because I know that if I backbite you, I have to give my good deeds away to you. And I don't want to give you my good deeds. I don't want to give you my good deeds. If I wanted, I would have done backbiting of my mother. So my good deeds go to her at least. At least I, I owe her something. I, owe, I don't owe you anything. Why would I backbite you? So that's number two. So the first one was sincerity. A lot of weight in the scales. Number two, good character. 
And this is something we have to learn. Every day we have to learn. When no one's there. Who was there was a prophet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, you have reached the pinnacle of good character. When we reach that, that's when we can stop learning and we're never going to get there. So every single day is a journey for me to become better in my character. Inshallah, we make dua for, for this. Allahumma inni as'aluka, Allahumma inna as'aluka fi'l al-khayrat wa tarq al-munkarat wa hubb al-masakeen. And there are other duas of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where we're asking for husnul khuluq wa rida'a bil qadr. He's asking for this. And many other narrations as well that come. So number two. And number three, the third thing. And mashallah, the elders are good at this. Our elders are very good at this, number three. Elderly men, elderly women, our grandmas, our grandmothers, our parents, they're very good at this one, number three. And that is dhikr. Dhikr. Dhikr, never underestimate the power of dhikr. This is what we've been told as well. On the day of judgment, dhikr will be very, very, very heavy. Don't we see our elders? They've got the speed with them. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Even when they stand up, okay, they sing Allah's name. Even in pain, oh Allah, right? That's dhikr. You're saying Allah's name. You're calling out to Allah instead of calling out to somebody else or something else. What do we say, right? <laughs> I don't think it's suitable to mention it now here, but there you go. It's, that's dhikr. You're remembering, or dhikr means to remember Allah. At that time, we're remembering all sorts of things. They're remembering Allah. So, getting in the habit of dhikr, here we have dhikr. Why do we have dhikr? Dhikr we have here in the masjid to develop the habit. We don't have the habit of dhikr at the moment. So that when you come here, you sit in the gathering of dhikr. Individually when you're there, you carry on with your own dhikr. You're carrying on. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, Allah. In your head, you keep doing it all the way. Whenever you get a chance, Allah, 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 astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. This is the purpose of it, that we become habitual of doing dhikr. Because dhikr is going to be very, very heavy in the scale. The hadith, Subhanallah tamla'ul mizan. Hadith says, one Subhanallah, you know we spoke about the, the, the mizan, it's going to be a scale. One Subhanallah will fill the whole scale. Walhamdulillah tamla'ul mizan. Another hadith mentioned, one Alhamdulillah, one Alhamdulillah is sufficient to fill the whole scale. So dhikr is very, so these three things are very heavy in the scales. Number one, sincerity. Number two, good character. And number three, dhikr. Uh, so these three things. And now I'm going to share with you a couple of other narrations that show us uh, where weight, where we can get weight in the, in, in, in the, on the scales. This is a narration that we've heard many times before. That on the day of judgment, we're all going to be there. Everyone's going to be there. And Allah's going to call. He's going to select one person from everybody to come up, come forward. Could be you. Could be one of us. We don't know. And it says, فَيَنْشُرُ عَلَيْهِ تِسْعَةً وَتِسْعِينَ سِجِلًا كُلُّ سِجِلٍ مِثْلًا مَدَّ الْبَصَرِ ثُمَّ يَقُولْ أَتَنْكِرُ مِنْ هَذَا شَيْئًا Then there's going to be 99 registers and scrolls of your deeds, you know, the writing away. So when they've written so much, okay, they wrap it up and make it into one scroll. Another one, another one, another one. Like that, there's going to be 99 scrolls. 
Each scroll is going to be as far as the eye can see. So I want to visualize this. Imagine the whole creation is there. You're there as well. And one person has been called in front of everybody. And then his registers have been brought out. And his registers, there's 99 of them. And each register, when you unroll them, it just carries on and on. As far as you can see, that's how long and how much detail there is written in there. And then Allah will say to this person in front of everybody, do you deny anything that's written in here? Is there anything in here that you didn't do and they've put it by mistake? He'll say no. Allah will ask, did my angels who are writing your deeds, did they oppress you, cause any injustice towards you? He'll say no. You got any excuse? Maybe? No, we, this is the issue with us. We do wrong. Doing wrong isn't wrong. Doing wrong isn't wrong because we make mistakes. The wrong, that part isn't the wrong part. Because you make mistakes and then you make tawbah, you make istighfar. But what's, what's wrong is we do wrong and then we make excuses for it. We tell ourselves, oh, this, or I did it because of that, or it's okay because I was in this situation, or I was angry, or I was hungry, or I was this, or this is why I did it. That's where it goes wrong. So on the day of judgment, Allah will ask this person, have you got any excuses? Like we make excuses in the world, and he's going to say, no, oh Allah, I've got no excuses. So now this guy thinks he's going to be doomed. Allah is going to say to him, we have got one of your good deeds. One. So, until today is a day that there will be no oppression done on, under anybody, the day of justice. And a card will be taken off. This is known as Hadith al-Bitaqa. Bitaqa means card. You've seen a card, the size of a card, a little card. So, a card will be given to him. It says here, in the world, you did one good deed with ikhlas. What was that? In the world, one time, one time, he might have said it loads of times, but one time with ikhlas, he said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. One time. Once, that's it. Allah will say to him, here, this is one of your good deeds. We're not going to hide anything. These are all your sins. This is one good deed that you've made it. And today you will not be oppressed. No injustice will be done to you. So Allah will say to him, go and put it on the other side of the scale. So on one side, it's got 99 registers of sins up to the heavens. And Allah will say to him, go and put this little card on the other side. He say, oh Allah, please don't joke with me. Don't make me a mockery. What's this little card going to do? And Allah will say to him, today no injustice will be done. Go. And he will go. And he will place it and what will happen? As soon as he places this in the pan, it's going to drop down. And the registers will go flying in the air. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that your good deeds have been... This was the ikhlas of one time saying one time, La ilaha illallah. Never underestimate the power of any good deed and never look down on anybody. We don't know. We don't know. Allah knows. We don't know who might have done what good deed with sincerity and Allah accepted it. On the, on the day of judgment, yeah, this could be one of us. It could be us. It could be someone we know that we look down upon. Right? They've got no good deeds at all, except once they said, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, with ikhlas, with sincerity, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, grant this person forgiveness. Basically, when he, the name of Allah is very heavy. And that's what he had, he had Allah's name. 
Even though he was born susceptible to Allah, Allah can choose. Allah can choose one good deed. That's why never give up doing a good deed because it's small. Sometimes you think, well, it's only, it's only, it's only a small thing. If the desire comes in your heart to do a good deed, carry it out. Don't undermine it thinking it's only small. In the sight of Allah, there's nothing, no such thing as a small deed. Look at this, saying La ilaha illallah once, we'd consider that to be small. We'd consider that to be just normal. It's very basic. Like, what, what kind of deed is that? Everyone does that. I've said it so many times. Well, you just said La ilaha illallah once. If it's with ikhlas, and Allah accepts it, that's sufficient for you. So, remember, this is going to be a time. Remember, we said three times that people are going to run from each other. They're not going to want to know each other. One will be by the scales. The other will be when the books will be given out. The other is at the time of the Sirat, the bridge. And we'll probably speak about that in the next session, inshallah. I'm going to share with you another good deed. Being Friday, another good deed um, that a person can do. So, Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions that on the Day of Judgment, there will be a believer and his good deeds, the pan of good deeds will be light. His sins will be very, very heavy on the Day of Judgment. And he's going to feel that he's going to be doomed. And the Prophet will come over to him when his deeds are being weighed. And he will pull out a little card like you know how big the how big is a fingertip that size just that big small small piece of paper he'll take out and the prophet will put it on the right the good deed scale in the palm and when he places it there his good deeds will become heavy all of a sudden and drop down. So this mu'min, this Muslim will say to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he will know who he is. Bi abi anta wa ummi ma ahsana wajhuk wa ma ahsana khalquf wa ma anta. Says, Wallahi, my parents have sacrificed upon you. Your face is so beautiful. Your action and kindness is so beautiful. Who are you? Who are you? You've made my day. You've made my akhirah. And he will say, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will say, Ana nabiyyuka Muhammad. I am your Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, what is this? Like, what did I do for you? That you've come and given me this favor. He says, Hadihi salatuka alayya allati kunta tusalli alayya. This is the durood sharif that you would recite upon me. I've come to pay God today. Durood sharif. Sallallahu alayhi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Never underestimate the power of any good deed, especially Salat ala nabi Salat ala nabi Durud Sharif, very, very, very powerful. And look over here. This person was about to be doomed. One Durud Sharif. He benefited him on the day of judgment. We don't know which one it's going to be. We can't just, I can't just say, okay, sallallahu alayhi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, let's go home. I can't do that. Because I don't know which Durud Sharif is going to be. So I have to keep on doing it. We have to keep doing it. Stay busy. Just keep doing it because one of them could be with Ikhlas. And Allah will select that one. There's going to be another. There's an Imam Al-Qurtubi mentioned somewhere else. I can't find it here right now. So I'll share it with you anyway, the story. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentioned many incidents. He says there's going to be a man on the day of judgment. He's going to be one deed short. 
So there can be some people, their good deeds will be heavy. Some people, their sins will be heavy. There will be some people that are like this. Sawa. Good deeds, bad deeds, equal. Now what? He needs this one deed to, for it to skip the balance. So this man on the day of judgment, on the plane of the day of judgment, he's going to go around searching. He's going to go around searching. He's going to try to look for someone who could borrow him one good deed. Now who's going to want to give one good deed away? Will anyone give? Quran says this today, your wife is going to run away from you. Your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister. No one's going to know, no one wants to know anybody. Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions this incident and he says this person will be searching and searching and searching until they come across one person who'll be very miserable and you'll see that he has only one good deed. So he'll come up to him and say, bro, sort me out. I, I need that one good deed, that's it. And the brother says, this is what I've got. He says, can I have it? And he'll think, might as well, I've only got one anyway. It's not going to get me very far. So he's going to give it over. This person will come rushing back and he'll put it into his hand and it'll become heavy. And Allah will ask him, where did you get this good deed from? And he'll say, I got it from so-and-so. Allah will say, go and call him. So he will come. And Allah will tell this person, hold his hand and take him into Jannah with you. Take him into Jannah with you. So generosity will be beneficial everywhere, in the dunya and also in the akhirah as well. And there are many other uh, incidents like this that have been mentioned in various narrations. Now, in conclusion, I'm going to mention something that's going to happen on the Day of Judgment. The people of Tawheed, the people of Kufr, we know that they will be separated. Once everyone's been separated and the people of Tawheed remain, people of La ilaha illallah, People of Kufr, we know there's nothing for them. Like if they did any good deeds, Allah will have rewarded them already in the world. So for them, it's, they'll, get, they'll go through the process, but they don't need to be going through the fine refinement anymore because they didn't have Iman. They failed at the first junction. So they're, they're all gone now. Now the people remaining are the people of Tawheed, the people who claim to believe in La ilaha illallah. So a lot of the process has happened and the people of La ilaha illallah will remain. Good and bad. And then people will say that all our life, we said La ilaha illallah, the people of Kufr have gone. We are the people of La ilaha illallah. We prayed Salah. Who did we pray to? We prayed to Allah. Who do we fast for? Fasted for Allah. Who, 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 why did we go for Hajj? We went to the house of Allah. We gave Zakat for the sake of Allah. We did Dhikr remembering Allah. The people of Tawheed will say, you know what? We did everything for Allah. We want to see Allah now. We want to see Allah. Where is the Allah that we want? We worship. We want to see Him. The people of Tawheed will want to see Allah. And the narrations mentioned there's going to be three manifestations. Three manifestations will take place. The angels will say, If you see Allah, will you recognize Him? And the people say, Maybe, maybe we'll recognize Him. So there'll be three manifestations. The first manifestation, the people will not know. The second manifestation, the people will not know. The third manifestation and the Quran mentioned Now again, this is just a figure of speech. When you're wearing clothing that is long and you want to expose part of your body, you expose the shin. 
Now again, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can't use the understanding that we have for human beings. Well, we don't know Allah. We can't understand Allah. We can't comprehend Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this kind of language just to show us that He's going to manifest Himself ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. And as a result of this, as a result of this, people will fall into sujood. Everybody will fall into sujood. Because this will be the manifestation, the first manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the people will experience on the day of Qiyamah. Whatever it's going to be like, it's going to be so, the splendor will be such that it will cause people to fall into sujood. And the Quran speaks about this. Most of the people of Tawheed will fall into sujood. However, what comes after that? And automatically, that, that will be the compelling thing will be to what? Fall into sujood. That will be the compelling thing to do at that time. People will go into sujood. However, now this is the scary part. There will be some people who will try to go into sujood. Quran says, They won't be able to. Their backs will become like, if you're, it'll become like a, a plank. If you've got a plank, right? If you've got a plank, that can't bend. You can't bend it. Our, our backs, alhamdulillah, they're flexible at the moment. So we can bend. We can go into sujood. Now we can go into sujood. On that day, people will want to go into sujood. Some people will want to go into sujood because this will be the grand manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Quran says, Fala There will be some people, they will not be able to go into sujood. And this is because in the world, they did not make the preparation. They were negligent of salah. So basically, every sajda you and I are doing in this world is for that grand prostration on the day of judgment. Every sajda we do, and we can we can be mindful of this, especially in tarawih, because in tarawih there's lots of sujood, or in any salah for, for that sake. Every time you go, look at the moment. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we are able to do sajda, so let's do it. Because on the day of Qiyamah, time is going to come. Some people are not going to be able to do it. And we don't want to be amongst them. So the people that become from the Sajideen in this world, the people of Sajda, they will be able to prostrate. But the people who are not of the people of Sajda, they will try. Quran says, Fala Even though they are seeing the splendor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their backs will become like copper or like wood and will become stiff they will not be able to bow down. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect us. So this is something that is going to happen on the day of Qiyamah. And I end by mentioning uh, on the topic of sujood. Uh, in the Quran, this is why we are invited. We are invited to make sajda. That when the verses of the Quran are recited, in some verses Allah is saying, He speaks about the heavens and the earth and how Allah created them. And that every creation of Allah makes sajda to Allah. Therefore, you should also make sajda. And thus, we have the ayah of sajda in the Quran. And immediately, we should make the sajda. Or sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran is speaking about the people who don't bow to Allah, who don't pray to Allah, who don't make sajda. Therefore, He says, you should make sajda and we make the sajda. 
in line with this that sajda is a very unique sajda called sajdatu tilawa in ramadan we end up doing more of it because one we do it in taraweeh and also ramadan is the time we read quran throughout the year sadly we don't read much quran or we don't get so far that there's a certain verse because the first one comes in the ninth juz. So maybe we start from juz one, read a few pages, a couple of days, and then we pack it in. Okay, so we don't reach the ninth juz. So otherwise, the sajda ayah, uh, according to the difference of the opinions, there's 14 ayat of sajda. These ayat of sajda are there. And they are not, that's not a normal sajda. It's a unique sajda. Because you're responding, you're engaging with the Quran. Allah is calling you, demanding you, questioning you to do something, and then you fall into sujood. You fall into sujood. Now that sajda, because it's a unique sajda, there's a special dua for that sajda. The dua for sajda to tilawa is not subhana rabbi al-a'la. Although you could say that. You could say subhana rabbi al-a'la, because that's what you know, that's perfectly fine. But I'm going to share with you the dua of sajda to tilawa. The dua of the sajda of prostration. When we go into prostration and we re after reading an ayah of sajda, or the imam recites in the taraweeh, for example, an ayah, or in salah, like fajr, for example, in surah sajda today morning, a sunnah to read. So the imam recited and everybody went into sujood. So what should be read in that sajda is a dua, beautiful dua. Sajda wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu, wa shakka sam'ahu wa basarahu, bihawlihi wa quwwatihi, fatabarakallahu ahsan al-khaliqin. This is the dua. The dua of Sajdatul Tilawa. Sajada wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu. My head has prostrated for the one who made it, who created it. How powerful would that be if you read that? When you're in sajda, you're saying, Sajada wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu. My head, my face has prostrated for the one who created it. Washakka sam'ahu wa basarahu. And he created it hearing and sight. So you've got a face, it's on the floor at the moment, you're in sujood, you've got your face and you're saying he gave me sight and he gave me hearing. Through his power, through his might. I don't hear because of who I am. I don't see because of my power. It's through his qudra, through his might, through his glory. How blessed is Allah, the best of all creators, the most beautiful of all creators. So this is a sajda, uh, this dua of sajda to tilawa. Make an effort to learn it. We still have some days of Ramadan left. There will be many sujood taking place. Sajda wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu wa shakka sam'ahu wa basarahu bihawlihi wa quwwatihi fatabarakallahu ahsan al-khaliqin. It's not too long. It's not too long. Spend some time, inshallah. Uh, at the moment, you might, I don't know if you're on the WhatsApp broadcast for the masjid. If you're not, you'll see the details on the screen, inshallah, if you're not already on the WhatsApp broadcast. If you join that, inshallah, uh, every day in Ramadan, a, a dua is being sent out and uh, from one of the ones we've done previously and an explanation just like I've given now. And inshallah, this one I've just done now uh, will be sent out soon as well. Uh, with the Arabic, with the meaning, and with the recording of what you've just heard now as well, attached to that. So you can look at that, you can memorize it, and you can share it with other people as well. Sajada wajhi lilladhi khalaqahu wa shakka sam'ahu wa basarahu bihawlihi wa quwwatihi fatabarakallahu ahsan al-khaliqeen. This is the dua to be recited in the sajda of tilawa. If you don't know it, that's fine. You can read your normal subhana rabbi al-a'la for the time, but don't suffice on that. 
do learn this dua as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillah, rabbil alamin. Recite the Rushri from Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Muhammad, Wala, Ali, Sayyidina Muhammad, Wala, Ali, Sayyidina If I can ask everyone to come forward, fill in the gaps, because at this Maghrib time, especially Friday and weekends, we're going to get a lot of people coming in, and then it's difficult at the time of Salah to fill in the rows, and there's a lot of gaps remaining. So, those of you who are already here, before we start, we're not going to start until everyone's come to the front. So, please, if you can come all the way to the front, fill in all the gaps. Jazakumullah khairan. Keep moving until all the gaps are filled. Guys at the back, if we keep moving, please keep moving, fill in all the gaps. Recite the Rishri of Allah, Sayyidina Muhammad, Wa'ala Ali Sayyidina Muhammad, Wa Barak wa Sayyidina. La ilaha illallah, 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 la Subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallahil azim 
Allah. Those who are married and desirous of children, O Allah, grant them pious children, O Allah. And those who have children, O Allah, make our children pious, O Allah. Make them the coolness of our eyes, O Allah. Strengthen their iman, O Allah. Make them hafad of the Quran, O Allah. Make them ulama of the deen, O Allah. Make them those who strive for your cause and sacrifice for you, O Allah. Grant us a grateful heart, O Allah. A tongue that always remembers you, O Allah. A body that undergoes sacrifices for your cause, O Allah. Allah, grant us sabr, O Allah. Grant us taqwa, O Allah. Grant us strong iman, O Allah. Grant us the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us barakah in our lives, O Allah. Grant us barakah in our livelihood, O Allah. Make our sustenance easy for us, O Allah. Make our rizq easy for us, O Allah. Increase us in our rizq, O Allah. Grant us plentiful barakah in our rizq, O Allah. Allow us to fulfill our dreams in the world, O Allah. And allow us to fulfill our dreams in the hereafter, O Allah. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار. Allah grant us the best of dunya, O Allah, and grant us the best of akhirah, O Allah. Make our dunya easy for us, O Allah. Do not make the dunya a means of fitna for us, O Allah. Allah do not make us attached to the dunya, O Allah. Attach us to the hereafter, O Allah. Help us to prepare for the hereafter, O Allah. Allah time will come when we all have to leave the world. We don't know where we will be, what condition we will be in, O Allah. Make our last day our best day O Allah make our final action our best action O Allah and grant us death with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah safeguard us from the fire of jahannam O Allah and enter us into jannatul firdaus O Allah subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen